0: To save six figures with Gina Knox, the podcast where I coach you on how to save $100,000 by optimizing your cash flow. Hello, savers. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I have my dear friend and client, Lily Womble, with me. I am so excited. She and I, we riff. We're going to riff this episode. Uh, (laughs) Lily is a phenomenal dating coach extraordinaire author all the things uh lily i'll let you introduce yourself and then we will dive in
1: thank you gina what a dream it is to be on this podcast i remember walking down my streets in brooklyn after i had impulsively bought but really just very aligned impulsively bought six-figure saver i was listening to your podcast walking down the streets of my Brooklyn neighborhood and and just thinking, I am going to be a guest. I know I will be a guest because I know that I'm going to kill it in this program. And that was about about eight months ago. So very grateful to be here.
0: And Wow. uh, Wow. She's manifesting. It's happening. Yes. <laughs> yes. So
1: I am a feminist dating coach. And I used to I started this business because I started my career in the feminist advocacy nonprofit space. My heart has always been the well-being of women and girls. And then when I burnt out of my nonprofit career, I took a really sharp pivot and I moved to New York to pursue my dreams of first living in New York and also I was like, I've always wanted to be on Broadway. So like what if I tried to be on Broadway? (laughs) (laughs) And I, you know, spent two years in non union audition lines and had a zillion side hustles and side jobs. And I was poor. I I say that I didn't have like two dollars and seventy five cents to ride the subway a lot of times. And I needed another side hustle. So I randomly got an interview at a matchmaking firm. And I got the gig. It was sink or swim. I started very quickly learning that dating was this microcosm of our well-being as humans and that dating was every hope, joy, dream, fear, insecurity, desire that we had. And so by helping women with their dating lives, I could help them create more wellness and more freedom in their lives in general. So I was like, ooh, dating, that's kind of cool. I like this area into a woman's life. And then in my personal life, I mean, you know this. We've talked about this. And uh, my my personal dating life is a dumpster fire. I was like – my, I was in situationship after situationship. I felt like a late bloomer. I felt like I was 25. I hadn't had sex yet. I was like, where, where I want to be chosen, right? All of these stories that were coming to the surface from my childhood about being quote, too much. And, you know, I was giving this great advice to my matchmaking clients and not taking it myself. And when I was when I came to a breaking point, really, in that relationship where it was just far too terrible to continue and I was getting my, none of my needs met and I, I was no longer willing to give that advice that I wasn't willing to take. And so I looked around for support. My therapist, who was amazing, hadn't dated in 30 years my friends and family, when I was like, cool, I've broken up with him. Now what? I never want to settle again. They were like, cool, just download more apps and keep swiping and just go, go on more dates. And, and are you sure you're not being too picky? I.e., are you sure you can trust yourself? And I was like, that's not going to work for me. And matchmaking was this like first date solution. So I realized that I wanted something far deeper than a first date. I wanted a way to be well and free and in my power in my dating life. And so I started to create this solution for myself. I started to coach myself and get beneath the surface of my internal too much story. I started to really examine my own essence-based preferences, which I now teach in my programs. And the magic that happened is that I felt free. I had so much fuck it energy in my dating life. I was giving my number to cute waiters. I was like going on fun dates. And ultimately, this is what led to me meeting the love of my life and my now husband, Chris, who is somebody who I might not have swiped right on before doing this work. I might've missed him before doing this work. And then I started coaching my matchmaking clients and they started to find better dates for themselves than I or anybody else could find for them. And so at that time, Date Brazen was born six years ago, and I've gotten to build this gorgeous business in which I help humans create joyful as fuck dating lives that make the right relationship inevitable.
0: Can we tell, can we tell that she wanted to be on Broadway? (laughs) That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing your story with us. That was impeccable. Um, Oh my God. Can we also just tell, to bring a little of the silliness in about, Can we talk about Senior Frogs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's so funny what survival job I bring up in what podcast recording, because I had so many survival jobs that it was wild. So Senor Frogs in Times Square, R.I.P., um, they were open for eight months. It was a blaze of glory. Um, <laughs> I was the balloon, one of the six balloon hat twisters. So if anybody has gone to Senor Frogs anywhere around the world, they have balloon hat makers there and they'll make you like a helicopter or a palm tree, or I could make like a monkey climbing a palm tree into a balloon hat. So wow. wild. She's so talented. And then- I'm so talented, and then after ten PM, we were allowed to do penis balloon hats, and in fact, it was quite a crowd pleaser. So, Gina, you know, not safe for work. This this sentence that I'm about to say, but I can make, I still can make a balloon hat of a pair of lips with a penis coming into the pair of lips. That I can make that into really- a balloon hat. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't sent you the picture but I will it's not graphic the picture it's it's very interpretive it's but it is it's a balloon <laughs> but it was impressive what
0: I could do that with is, a balloon hat She is multi-passionate y'all multi yeah. you know as entrepreneurs, well, <laughs> we tend to be <laughs>
1: Well okay so speaking of money that job was not a legal Like they did not pay their employee, the blue knot twisters. We only worked for tips, which is illegal. And uh, we, so we had no job security, no money, financial security. We were yelling over the, um, the stereo, which was like a club. And I would like go have panic attacks back because I was having to yell at people like I only work for tips. Like it was wild. And I would get these dirty you know, crusty dollar bills from people Ew. and I would put them into my like bra, I would put them into my like apron and I would then at like 1am go to the Bank of America on the corner and one by one take out these bills and try to like shake them out to straighten them out. Like I just visceral memories of one by one, like slipping a dollar bill and make like 200, $300 a night, which is pretty great.
0: That's but, so good.
1: It was not worth my panic attacks. Let me tell no. you. And then, and then I got the matchmaking job, and the rest is history.
0: I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I really am going to require a photo, photo
1: evidence of your
0: balloon. Oh, I'll send you a whole
1: album. Let me, oh, let me start an album for you. <laughs> I
0: would really, really appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> well, here you are, six years later. Um, yeah. You've been running your business successfully growing it out of brooklyn um i'm curious how did we even how did our stars align how did we even- interface yes Interface.
1: So Damali Shepard, who is an incredible photographer and coach, and she's a dear friend of mine. If you have Googled me at this point or or looked me up on Instagram at Date Brazen, Damali has taken all of my most epic photos. Um, she's so talented. She found you. I don't know how, but she. we have a Vox thread with another amazing entrepreneur, uh, Martha Christina Garza. And uh, Damali got on Vox and was like, y'all, I just joined this thing called Six Figure Saver with Gina Knox. And it was like 8 p.m. on a Thursday during your launch or something. I didn't know who you were. I wasn't in your world at all. I didn't, you know how coaching, like there are different enclaves. And when you're in the little enclave, you're like, everybody knows about this person. I never come across anybody that knew you. Right. Okay. And so Damali voxed me and I was like, who is this Gina Knox? Like, how do you spell Knox? What is that? You know, so, and then I looked into you and i felt so aligned with your messaging and so excited by the prospect of you even claiming that I know how you can save 100k with an inconsistent income the inconsistent income part was something that I'd never seen before and I because a lot of the financial entrepreneurially, entrepreneurial advice that I was following was geared towards people who had a nine to five who were saving up to start a business.
0: Can we just pause that for a moment before you continue? This is my, this is where I'm like, I, sometimes I think I'm being loud enough and then I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm, I need to be 10 times as loud. All the advice on the internet is for people with nine to fives. I'm like, there's not, I, I don't know of any business or money coach off the top of my head who is talking about financial management, money coaching for businesses with variable income and i'm like yes yeah, this is not going to work yeah. because we cannot follow traditional financial advice for people with 9 to 5s we spend money to make money the traditional advice is to cut your spending it's not 1 plus 1 doesn't it doesn't work out
1: right and then and then separation of you know personal and professional finances i had done that a couple of years earlier on the advice of my accountant but she's not my cfo you know what i'm saying she's not holding my hand through every day of my business i talked to her quarterly so i like didn't know these basic things and i knew that i wanted to set myself up to grow financially and i want to be wealthy i want to create wealth and and help other people like step into their like i don't know i i just, I just think that Um, money is really powerful and I want to do good in the world and build an amazing life for me and my family. And I'm also the breadwinner of my family, Um, you know, me and my husband, and we were getting married earlier this year. And so money was just the supercharged thing. So anyway, Damali sent me your stuff. I joined the next day, which is how I make purchasing decisions usually is like, I know I want it. Let me just do it. And I did the payment plan, even though I was nervous about you saying I, you know. Businesses should pay in full for things. Like I'd heard you say that in passing, but I was like, I'm not going to judge myself. She has a payment plan for a reason. I'm going to do it. And uh, I loved it immediately.
0: You, as the listeners can tell, have energy. And you come no. at things. <laughs> <laughs> and no, but it's what I've loved about being your coach is you bring all you like lay everything on the table every mm-hmm. time you come to coaching you are so in it and just say it all and and you're not um a pushover by any means but you're just very vulnerable and open i think those mm-hmm. are two different things i think sometimes mm-hmm. we conflate them um and it's just been a joy coaching you and i think like perhaps a couple i'd love to bring up a couple stories that come up because you mm-hmm. got married in May. Congratulations. Newlywed. Newlywed, And just so many things have happened this year that cost a lot of money and and, (laughs) just like just cost (laughs) a lot of money. Turns out being an entrepreneur that's scaling your business costs a lot of money. Um, And I'm just curious, like from your perspective, how the timing of you joining Six Figure Saver last February, how this year has played out because of that? Oh my God. Well,
1: I was prepared for this question about like the beginning and the wedding and all of that, because we had briefly discussed like, okay, you were like, I want to ask you some deep things. I was like, ask me literally anything. I'm I similar to how I put everything on the table for coaching. I think that, you know, these conversations being honest ones really impacted me when I heard them in my, you know, um, beginning journey with you. So I, cut to beginning of, uh, 2023, January, 2023. Right now it is November, 2023. I had recently gotten a book deal, um, which was very exciting. I, I had, um, gotten the first chunk of my advance. So the book deal, um, I am so grateful to be with the most incredible publisher, Legacy Lit at Hachette, um, which is a top five, top five publisher. And, um, And so I got this advance and I got the first third of it. They broke it into thirds. Every book deal is different. Um, And the first third was a a beautiful chunk of money. And I also, you know, just again, being very vulnerable, we had planned a wedding, Chris and I, um, my husband, and we had already had to push it a year because of financial reasons. So we were supposed to have gotten married in May of 2022. That financially didn't work out, which was um, really difficult. I felt like a failure in a lot of ways for, you know, sending out the say the dates and then sending a change the date and just uh, so much shame associated with like this purchasing decision and and also being a feminist and navigating like what is this. Thing this wedding thing actually mean to me, and like, I want to gather my our family and friends and celebrate our love. But financially, it was just very dramatic feeling. Like the unbothered energy was nowhere near me. (laughs) So, so I think that when we met around February, I had some money in the bank for the first time in a really long time, and I was scared shitless that I was going to fuck it up, that I didn't know what I was doing. I also thought of this money, this is the other thing, is I wasn't thinking of the money as integrated. I was thinking of everything. It's like the book advance is for the book things, which is, I think, perfectly fine advice for some people. But for me, it was like my life, my wedding, my business, my book are all of these things that are swirling around me and sw- I'm swirling through. And how do I financially navigate all of these things at once And not be in silos with my money. Because at first I was like, I can't count this first part of my advance towards my savings because I'm spending it in this way and I'm going to spend it in It makes it like
0: untouchable. It's like untouchable.
1: Yeah. I didn't trust myself to make more money. I had been previous to Six Figure Saver really, and and some other coaching that I've been doing, I had really been in a launch feast or famine cycle and really counting on my business to like not only support me and my family, but to achieve these goals that I had in these specific timelines. It was just deeply stressful. And I love serving my clients. I think that like, I I love the work that I get to do. And I think financially, in addition to the work that I was doing, it was just like a lot of dramatic feelings about finances in
0: my life. So that's where I was at. That's where I was at. So then you've joined us. Yeah. And I, um, We can make a plug for for my coach, Kirsten, roll down too. Uh, You joined us and I remember you being like, you're sending a lot of emails. (laughs) I remember you being like, how do you send so many emails or something along those lines? And I was like, oh, I just like, I send a lot of emails during launch. And I remember you, I remember this so distinctly. It was in February or March. You were like, I'm going to follow her lead. I'm going to send a lot of emails. And you had one of your biggest launches to yeah. date which has nothing to do with what we even talk about in six figure saber but you were just like I'm gonna do that and you earned a ton of money
1: yeah it was and like then, so we can be we can be granular it was um I think like 74k yeah that sounds with about right. my first launch of the year which was amazing
0: and then you were like I'm gonna go write my book now oh
1: my god <laughs> oh my god What a wild year. I even forget that like, okay, yes, I had to, I I had to write a book. I was like contractually obligated. I remember coming to the, um, I, and, and the reframe is I get to write a book, right? Like I have a freaking book deal. Like what a gift. And as I didn't know very many people who ran a coaching business in which they were in it day to day, I'm, I was in my business, right? Navigating team stuff, navigating like, you know, growth, but also how do we set up policy and systems? I ended up joining both of Kirsten World dance programs as well. So um, anyway, I didn't know somebody who would run a coaching business and wrote a book. So I didn't know what was normal. And I didn't realize at the beginning of the year that I would have to take a giant pause in my life and work and business to write this book. And so financially, I didn't sell anything from I mean, I don't have the exact numbers on this. I think I did a few one-on one people every now and again, a few sessions, a few like you know, some a little money coming in, but not a lot. So I had break even after that launch in March from March to April, May, June, July, July, like four months of break even, and by the way, before six figure saver, I didn't know what break even meant. So, Six Fair really gave me the vocabulary to describe what I needed to carry myself and this business and my life and my family through this season of not generating revenue actively. And that was a miracle to me to have that information, to have the, you know, at the time you called it the cash flow waterfall. I think it's called a little something different. No, it's the same. It still it's, the same.
0: it's still called the cash waterfall. Okay, great, great, great.
1: Great, <laughs> great amazing. The cash flow waterfall, I just remember having like, visual practices to see where my money was going and plan it. the spreadsheets that you give me planning my money so much easier. And while I tried to make spreadsheets by myself before they always fell off the tracks, they always, they, I didn't know what information I needed to gather. So it just gave me the skills to be able to go through this, the most intense professional season and personal season of my life with more peace. And I think that that was just invaluable.
0: And I mean, I think like not only did you take all those months off to write your book, you also paid for and had a wedding.
1: Yeah. In that same uh-huh. time period. Uh huh. With cash. Yeah.
0: And it all happened at the same time.
1: It was a lot. It, it was, was a lot.
0: It's been a big
1: year. <laughs> it's, it's been a big year.
0: Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> What else do you want to know about it? It was intense. Oh, well, and you also like finished the book I know we've been chatting about like you're fine you're like doing all the rev- all the last minute revisions, like the final final. You know when you have a document on your computer and you're like this is the final one. Final final. Print this one. It's like that's what it's like.
1: Exclamation point underscore underscore done. And then you're like, no, no, I need to go back and do it again. Yeah. The book for anybody that wants to write a book. I mean, I think that that's like such a rich conversation to have and maybe not for this podcast, but I really highly recommend Rochelle Fredson, um, who helped shepherd me through my book proposal process and through the agent submissions and the publishing submissions like all of that. She really helped me. Rochelle Fredson is amazing on Instagram and has a podcast. I digress the process of managing like becoming a business owner who doesn't do just one thing at a time anymore yeah. really was a huge identity shift yeah. because suddenly it was not just okay i do this one i do this launch and i'm all in on the launch and that's all i'm thinking about and i'm very privileged to not have other, I'm not a caregiver for for a parent or I'm not a mother yet. Um I don't have other things that other people are like, yeah, I never get to do just one thing. But at the time I was like, oh, I'm just going to do this one launch and then I'm going to move on to business building and then I'm going to be organized to move on to this. It was like, no, no, no. You need to write the book and work on the revisions and reread it again and go through the legal edits while you're also managing now. Now I have like 130 clients in my Brazen Breakthrough program actively. There's a mastermind going on at the same time, hiring a co-coach, right? Team members leaving and coming and all of these things at once. And I think that financially having the... Un, more unbothered energy because of Six Figure Saver and having the organizational skills that I now have and now working with the bank that I'm working with, like I changed all of that because of Six Figure Saver.
0: Yeah, uh, it's like everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and I'm just saying, Six Figure <laughs> Saver made it all easier and more Good. easeful and more possible.
0: Well, and I really think like as we scale our businesses, I remember feeling this way. I'm not sure if you if you felt this way, when I was at about a hundred K a year being like, yeah. Oh, if I like, if I were just making 500 K that would I would be set. Like that would be, yeah. It, it would be I don't so anything else. It would be so well, easy. If I was making that's that the much.
1: final, <laughs> final done doc. It's like the, there, there it's like, that would be enough.
0: That would be enough and it would be easy. And it's actually like, and like it would be easier financially and I would be able to pay myself more and I would be able to do this and I would be able to do that. And it's not to say that earning more money isn't fun. It is. And it is does make quite a few things a lot easier. And as entrepreneurs, as we scale our businesses, I see this time and time again, the more we grow, the more inconsistent it all gets. The income gets more inconsistent the seasons get more inconsistent it's all a bit just bigger right, right. the waves are bigger they're right. not calmer <laughs> right and and, so, uh, and let's yeah go ahead oh and it, you know if you don't have your financial systems in place if you don't feel safe managing money it yeah. will make those big waves much bigger and harder yeah. to know. And I, I remember, let's talk about it
1: because I, I love in these conversations when things get really super real, yeah. there were times during the period where I was writing the book and not creating revenue where I was getting into some territory in my bank account, business bank account and personal that was deeply uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. I'd been there before in these like lower cycles. And I think there were times that I had like $100 in my business bank account and then 10K in expenses due in the next two weeks. You know, it was like, it was like very, um, and then what I would do is come to the Six Figure Saver coaching call. And you are a Six Figure Saver coach, love Coach Jennifer so much. Um, would help me to feel more peace in my body to then create more creative solutions and or to not create creative solutions, to not hustle to figure, to f- fix the revenue gap quote unquote yeah, yeah. because you would say Lily you know what's coming you've planned for revenue boost in 4 weeks yeah. so what's going to help you to get to that revenue boost without what I would do before is let me have a launch right now so that get like, let me do a the quick offer which is fine but i think that it also created a lot of cycle and and by the way i you know may contradict myself and do a quick and fun offer tomorrow both and I feel more peaceful about all of it,
0: you know. Yeah. I think that's such a great story because we do it doesn't like it really doesn't matter how large our business is it our businesses are. We will get to the point where okay, savings yeah. are used up. We have $100 in the bank, 10k is due tomorrow, yeah. and um that actually and it's it's hard to get your brain here, but I want to give you the the visualization that like that actually doesn't have to be a problem. I know it sounds like the biggest problem in the world, but it's actually quite normal for businesses to have these situations where our liquidity is low and we know in four weeks we're making more. And in the interim we have 10 K leaving and we got to just like figure out a solution in the interim. Um, and the calmer you can be through that, the easier you'll get through it. Yeah. And the faster you'll get through it to the other end. I call this the squeeze. It's just a squeeze. You're just going through and and you gotta squeeze to get the juice. Yeah. Right? So but interesting. It can be uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like not I I've fun. talked about it's if, not.
1: I talked about you this for
0: myself. It,
1: Gina, if you had <laughs> in that coaching call where I came in, or maybe you weren't even there, maybe it was Coach Jennifer. But when I was like, "I don't have any money," if you had been like, "It's just a squeeze. It's like a you can't get the juice," I would have been like, "Go away, fuck Screw. you!" Like, yeah. I, don't, <laughs>
0: don't, I don't, I don't need this you.
1: right now. How dare you try to help me be more peaceful? Because well, and it's it not even so... really trying
0: to help you be more peaceful. It's just trying to help you make more money.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think both, and I think the the one leads with the the one begets the other. I think in a great Mm -hmm. way, and I agree. And It was like let's look on. I remember doing the cal doing the math. I was going to say calculus, but it definitely is not calculus. It's addition and subtraction, (laughs)
0: arithmetic. (laughs) Uh,
1: It's I could do it with an abacus. Um, I (laughs) I remember sitting down with a spreadsheet. And with, a actually it was a piece of copy paper. And I, Jennifer was like, or maybe you, I don't remember at this point, your coaching team is seamlessly integrated with you and your philosophies. Just (laughs) brag. Our coaching team. Your coaching team. We sat down and and the person was like, what debt available do you have? I was like, no, no, no. I don't want to do that because when I joined Six Figure Saver, I was on a credit card for all of my business expenses and I didn't have the systems in place to not overspend yet. So I was overspending on that credit card, just thinking, oh, it's a credit card. I'll pay it off later without the organization to back mm-hmm. that up. So mm-hmm. I ended up getting a deeper and deeper business debt in addition to personal debt. Um, And I have about, I, I don't feel ashamed saying it. I have about $40,000 in debt mm-hmm. and I feel peaceful about it. I feel neutral about it and it will be paid off one day. Mm-hmm. And, and I have completely taken myself off of the credit card based system because of six figure saver. And I feel so much more knowledgeable and organized about my financial life because of it. But I digress. Y'all said, calculate how much debt you have. Cause you have a hundred dollars in the bank and you have taken K Of expenses coming out in the next two weeks. So what are we going to do about it? How are we going to bridge that gap? I was like, oh, oh, I don't know. You're like, okay. Well, let's calculate the debt available and let's calculate like this. And if you looked into this type of loan and I was like, yes, they denied me because I have too much personal debt uh, and I have too much like utilization high utilization. Okay. That's fine. Let's look at what else is available to you. Um, what, you know, just like, diving into this space where it wasn't abnormal to have these conversations and yeah. it wasn't shamey. It
0: was just very supportive. um,
1: it was really powerful.
0: I think I remember that. I think that must've been me because I'm, it's, it's bringing yeah. some bells for me. And I think that like, even the way you're describing it, I know it was me saying those things, but I'm like, <laughs> actually, when you're in full blown panic crisis mode, having someone who's unbothered and just saying, okay. Yeah. What's the next possible idea? Okay, that's not going to work. Okay, what about this? Like, just like literally having it's almost like a buoy in the storm. Yes. Like, yes. I'm just going to be here and we're just going to work through the problem. Right. You can be all panicked as much as you want. That's fine. I'll be calm for
1: you. Right. And you know what this is bringing up for me? And I hope we said that we were going to riff. So I hope that this isn't too much of a divergence. When I was 10, I, my dad encouraged me to do a sprint triathlon with him. He at the time was doing sprint triathlons. So a sprint triathlon, if you don't know, are like, it's like, um, a quarter of a mile swim, which is a very long swim, (laughs) by the way, it doesn't sound like a very long, um, it's a 16 mile bike ride and a three mile run. And it doesn't have to be those numbers, but it's like, it's still a lot. It's not a full triathlon. It's a lot of things. (laughs) <laughs> 10 year old, 10 year old. And I'm so grateful. He, I'm so grateful. He had me do this. We did it together. It was this great bonding thing. And when I got in the water, I had not trained. I had trained at the pool with him. I hadn't trained in a lake yeah. with all of these adults right next to me, swimming yeah. past me. And with thousands of people at that sprint triathlon, literally there were Thousands of people, adults, slapping their arms down like the on the splashing. water, like literally right beside my ears and body. And I felt like I I was in this like this like um highway, like I was driving on a highway, but I wasn't qualified to drive on that highway. It's like when you're sh- like
0: in a stampede of people and it's like you're moving yes. with them, but you're not like you yes.
1: to. And that is such an overwhelming experience, yeah. especially for a child. So I started having a panic attack and my dad flagged down a sea and the CDU came and I like rested on the CDU holding onto the side of it until most everybody in the sprint triathlon had already finished their swim. Mm-hmm. And so my dad just sat with me and we ended up finishing dead last in that sprint triathlon. But I think it, this is coming to mind because there's this pressure as an entrepreneur that I was putting myself under to perform a certain way financially, but I had never trained to perform that way. Hmm. Right. And so joy, the, the, the rest that was in these calls and the, in that was in these like very practical tactical next steps allowed me to like take a beat
0: yeah,
1: and, uh, and, and actually shore up my skills so that I could swim with the and other finish. people eventually. Do you
0: know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's such a good point. It's like, we are expected to just be good at this. Yeah. And we've never done it before.
1: (laughs) Who would have taught us, especially if none of the advice is for like new entrepreneurs or six year in entrepreneurs who are figuring out how to
0: scale, you know, it's all like, make a budget, cut your expenses, save more, save for retirement. Yeah. Okay. But like, but I don't even like, that doesn't even apply. I don't even have a 401k what are you talking about
1: really I haven't contributed to my dusty
0: 401k <laughs> in 10 years I got like, it for my first so job and like I need to do first yeah it's right it's um that is such a thank you for taking us on that journey because that visual <laughs> I know I almost like I can yeah. feel the panic attack of like oh my god the right. water splashing in my face and I'm expected to keep going and everyone else I'm is dis- going So I'm I'm disappointing my, I'm disappointing
1: people around me. I'm slowing down the whole process. People are mad at me because I can't figure this out. I'm not ready. And all you, all you need in a panic attack is just like space to breathe and just permission to be messy, you know? And, um, and then some like, okay, let's take some deep breaths together. And are you ready to move on now? Let's go, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think like, because you were able to rest, you were able to finish. Yeah. And I think for me, if
1: we're drawing a direct comparison to this year, the rest was the not generating revenue for four or five months, writing the book, which was not exactly restful (laughs) because it's a huge endeavor. Um, And then having the skills to have the most financially abundant, successful year that I've had in business. Um, because of that period of learning and rest and and restoration. Wow. I
0: wonder what next year is going to be like.
1: It's going to be wild. (laughs) Do you want to talk
0: about it? We absolutely can. Yeah. What's going on? What are your thoughts for next year? Well, I
1: want to talk about the PR investment first. Can we talk about that? Let's let. Okay. Talk about that. Okay. You tell me what you want to talk about cuz I like I could talk about anything with you and you know all of my business. I know.
0: Well, actually, <laughs> let will how about this. I'll lead it and then we'll we'll rip. tell <laughs> We're me, not tell editing me. this out. <laughs> okay, right, tell me. So, I've been as you know and as my clients know, I've been thinking so much more about the skill of spending in our businesses yeah. and just how vital it is to spend money on the right things in your business and not spend money on the wrong things. Um, And I'm going to explain what right and wrong means, because that's a very strong binary. But when I looked back at my investments over the last four years in business, I could clearly see, okay, that investment was a waste of money. And that investment was amazing. It created a huge ROI. I just like know that, right? We all kind of just know it off the top of the yeah, head. Yeah, I feel it. So I started yeah. making a list. I was like, okay, what goes in the that investment wasn't worth it, and that investment really was worth it. Bucket. So I started making the buckets and then I started looking at the themes. And I'm like, wow, this is so interesting. I think it's so easy, so easy in business to say, well, that investment was a waste of money because the coach sucked, because the program sucked, because it wasn't good. And that wasn't my experience at all. When I looked at my list, I was like, that investment was a waste of money because I was buying a solution to a problem I didn't even have. Mm. That's all it was. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the program. It was me. I was, and there were many reasons why I did that. Part of it was just like learning. Like, I think we just got to (laughs) learn at a certain point, but then I was like, okay, well, I wonder if I broke it up by year. Like what investments wasted my money versus made me money per year? And if I correlated that with my income, what would I see? And the graph is crazy. The income goes up. The more money I spend on things that make me money and the less money I spend on things that waste me money. It's like, duh, that's like math. That makes sense. So I've been thinking about with my clients, how do, how do we talk about... What is a good investment for you? And again, it has nothing to do with the quality of the thing you buy. It has everything to do with asking yourself, what is my next revenue goal? Uh What do I need to hit that goal? What are the available solutions for those things? And then which one should I buy? That's it. When you start there, instead of just getting wrapped up in something, You'll yeah. always make an investment that has an ROI. And I know Six Figure Safer is a saving program. And I was realizing, I'm like, oh, I've always had savings in the bank because I always invest in things that make me an ROI. And when you make an ROI off your investments, you always have more money than you spent. It's yeah. just math. And I, yes. It's just math. So it doesn't matter. Yes. Like overspending in your business is not about the dollar amount. It's about spending money on things that don't give you an ROI. That's an overspend. Mm-hmm. That you could spend twenty dollars and it be an overspend. You could spend thirty thousand dollars and it be an overspend. So it's. I've just been really thinking about this skill, and so when you, taught, you know, you brought us the idea of the PR firm for your book launch. We yeah. had a bit of a chat about it. So I'd love to hear your experience on on that end of that conversation. Yeah. Oh my
1: God. I have a pile of sticky. This week has been so wild that I know there's the sticky note to my left that has the notes from that call. So I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to dig through the sticky notes right now. I need to do that after this call. But I remember we, okay. In 2020, just to give you a, a view, listener and and Eugene and I think we've talked about this personally, but in 2020, I had had in July, a high, high revenue month for me at the time. It was my first 30K month. And before wow. that, I was making like, Five to 12 K months. That's a big jump. It was a huge jump, right? So it was this huge launch jump and I was so proud of myself. And in my brain, because I was in the hype of the coaching hype, I didn't really have the skills of self reflection for the financial pieces. I was like, Oh, if I invest money in more team members, then I'll double that 30 K month. So I spent $25,000. <laughs> <laughs> I made a face. I made a your face. <laughs> your face. I spent, and my husband now, God bless him, was like, I don't know, Lily. I don't know that this is the answer to I don't know. I was like, no, it is. If I just get like... So the feeling in my body, if I tune back in, it was like desperation. It was like, the answer is outside of me. It was like, um, I'm not to be trusted. I need to trust other people who have done these fabulous launches for other companies. So I spent $25,000 and I made $25,000. So I made the investment back and then didn't have money in the bank to pay the bills for the future months, which is what I had been planning for. So I had very deep experience and then I experienced shame around that for like, year and a half, right? Two years, so much so that my coaches were like, Lily, write yourself a forgiveness letter. Please forgive yourself. So cut to now, right? I have money in the bank. I'm working. I have, I know what working capital should be. I'm learning about tax percentages, like with my new skilled income, like a revenue that, that all of these pieces are coming together. And I know my book launches in June, 2024. June eleventh, twenty twenty four. Thank you, more please. A feminist guide to breaking dumb dating rules and finding love. She's like Come casual house. plug. Oh Write it God. down, June eleventh, so listeners. June eleventh. <laughs> I would love you. I, I actually need you to pre-order it so that we can be a bookstore. Um, so that, that's beside <laughs> the point. I'll we'll discuss another time. And I. Um, it is not open for pre as of now, but it will be like mid-December. Anyway, looking at the launch, looking at my launch goals, looking at my goals, because we're also, by the way, in talks for a date brazen TV show. And like, we're really, my, me and my agents are like really moving some stuff forward that has been on my dream list for my entire life, Gina, like literally things are happening and I'm so grateful. And I'm looking at these, these things that are moving forward. And I'm thinking now about short-term versus long-term differently. I'm also thinking about what support I need to create the result that I want to create next year, which is I want it to be my million dollar year. I want this book to be a bestseller. I want it. I want to sell 5,000 copies. Like we're setting these goals. Right. But the thing about the call that you and I were on the other day is that I hadn't thought about my book goals yet. Yeah. And I was thinking about, but I also had this pressure on myself to decide whether or not I was going to hire a publicity firm for the book. And that publicity firm that I wanted to hire was seven K a month for six months. And I just learned not nothing. I had just learned that the publicity firm was like, this is a contract for six months. It is not month to month. It is a six month container. You know, I saying like, I was like, oh, okay. So I come to this call, the six figure saver call, feeling activated, feeling unsure, feeling stressed about how the hell do I make this decision?
0: Yeah.
1: Can I again? Some like, can I trust myself? Like, what can I? You know, I have this much in the bank, but I don't have all of that in the bank. So, how am I going to project and all these things? And you're like, okay, well, let's just make the ROI plan. Do you know how many copies you want to sell during your pre-order time? The answer is no, because uh, in the book world, everybody's nervous to give you a hard number because books are can be finicky and harder to you know quote harder to sell than like a coaching program where you know the numbers and all these things. So, you help me really. Sit down on paper and say, like, how many eyeballs do I need based on my conversion wheel or conversion? You know, that's a Kirsten Roldan concept, but based on my past conversions, how many eyeballs do you need to sell how many books? And like, we came up with the plan and we came up with the questions that I needed to ask myself. And it created more peace in my body to make the investment that I knew would be. The best for me, which was going with the publicity firm and spending that money. And then that also, I think it's sort of like, if you give a mouse a cookie, right? Cause then like in a good way, that, that book becomes chaotic. And, um, <laughs> I also feel like, okay, the PR terms, PR firm is this much. So that means like, I really want to give myself a raise too. Cause I'm, I'm paying myself right now about like 7,200 a month. And so if I'm paying the PR firm, I really would like to be making more than an expense that I'm paying monthly. So then it was like thinking about how do I really make an ROI on my payment, my self payment, you know, and like being an employee of my business, how do I, so all of these questions are things that I think are really valuable, um, and also have helped me make really powerful decisions, um, without as much fear, fear still happens. It's human. And, um, I'm really excited about what's to come.
0: Well, and I think something that's starkly different from the 25K team investment in 2020 is right. You said like, I spent 25K and I made 25K and I'm going to use harsh words, but follow me for a minute. I would say, okay, that was a huge waste of budget because you didn't make anything. It it broke even. So if it just broke even financially, that means it was a waste of your time. You could have used that time differently, right? So great. So now we have that breaking even on investments is a waste of money. Yes. So now we have this PR firm potential in front of us. All we have to ask ourselves is, yeah, how many books do I need to sell to make an ROI? I need to make more money than I spent on the PR firm. And then we just do the math. And then we ask ourselves more interesting questions. Like, okay, if this is my book goal... What do I need to ask the PR firm to do? What kinds of things do I need to talk about? Like, we get when we group into a specific goal, we are able to kind of like fine tune our plan versus like, I'm going to hire a PR firm and see how it goes. Well, and the different energy.
1: It also was the first investment I'd ever made that they can't give a clear deliverable. Yeah.
0: They're like, Which we don't know is if we'll even be able to get you on anything.
1: <laughs> bizarre. Yeah. And this is one of the top firms in the city for this sort of book business building. Um, and so part of it is like what I've seen them do before that I'm very confident in. And then part of it was like, what can you, even though they say, you know, any PR firm is going to say, we, we can't guarantee placement, placement. in- you know, you can't say I'm going to get you an article in New York times. You just can't, you know, it's like not up to individuals. You can't, you can't
0: ethically (laughs) sell that. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. You can't say, they can't say like, we'll definitely get you on Drew Barrymore. It's like, we will work really hard to anyway, learn like taking that back a step and be like, what can you concretely depend on? You can depend on visibility and you can trust yourself. I mean, I think this is what I got from that conversation amongst other things, but you can trust yourself that you're going to do great things with that visibility because you already have in the past and your track record is really good for using and building upon that visibility.
0: So, um, yeah. So good. So good. Let's, before we close out, let's quickly touch on how much money you've saved. (laughs) Yeah, because it's so, so. But you excited. know, I love the data. I love the data. Yes. Um I have your numbers up. You have Great. since February, mid February. You've submitted one hundred and thirty-eight thousand eight hundred and one dollars and forty-one cents of savings submissions. That thank means you more, you've moved one hundred and thirty-eight thousand dollars into savings. Yeah, it's been thank you. Win. Yes,
1: awesome. It's been growing yeah. the and that like, number.
0: Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and it's like, and it's still not linear, right? Like you were down to a yeah. hundred dollars in the summer and it's like, yeah. the, it's not a linear process at well, all. And
1: I think that my misconception about saving before this program was that saving means that I'm a responsible human and that a ton of money is always in the bank. And if I don't have money in the bank, I'm not a responsible human and I'm not a saver. I am a spender, right? Either or, spender, saver, right? Yeah. And that, you know, I grew up, my parents were freaked out about credit card debt. They were really struggling financially at certain moments, certain moments. They had a ton of, you know, cash. Like I I did grow up in a place where I never, in a home where I never wanted for things that we needed. I'm very privileged in that regard. And I also, you know, I think that I went to Dave Ramsey classes in when I was 13, you know? Like I went they were so nervous about money that they took me to their Dave Ramsey classes at the church. And they did their best. They did what they thought would help me. And those messages at a young age just taught me like debt's bad. You're a failure if you need it and you have it. Um, you uh, you aren't a saver if you spend all the money, whatever. So joining Six Figure Saver was like an exhale. And I remember having a lot of resistance to spending my savings. And it felt like a very clear either or. And you helped make it a beautiful both and. Like you are saving. I know you say this all the time, but you're saving to spend on what matters. And what actually, like you're saying, drives ROI. And I think that before this program, I think that Chris also has really helped me with this. My therapist has really helped me. You've really helped me before I would have gotten the money in the bank and then spent it on a giant investment that I thought would save me. From my problems. And I've actually stopped investing in as many programs and coachings after joining Six Figure Saver. I've made bigger investments that I know are higher ROI because of the framework that you teach.
0: Well, and it's really not to your point about spending less. It's about spending better yeah. and on purpose and not because you need something to save you. Yeah. And I also think, you know, there are, if
1: if you had told Lily, this makes me kind of emotional. If you had told Lily in February that I would have saved $134,000 or moved $134,000 in savings 38? and again 38, excuse me, and the 41 <laughs> cents. 38,000 138,000. Um I wouldn't have believed you. I would have also thought I have that much money in the bank. Oh my God, that's wild. How is that possible? (laughs) Now that number represents moving money into working capital every month, moving money to tax savings every month. It represents stuff that has been spent and will continue to be spent because I am building a growing thriving business. So it's like, I think that business, I just am so grateful to have this framework to understand My spending better, to understand my savings better, to understand longevity, financial longevity better. Um, And I'm just so grateful for your coaching and this program. And I'm so inspired by what you've built. And I just think it's, it's been life-changing for me. Um, And that 2K for the amount of weekly coaching and Slack coaching and frameworks that you share in our Kajabi, like worth every penny and more, more like it's, it's, um, truly worth so much more than you're charging, and I I mean that in the most generous, like excited way possible for you that you're really over delivering in such a cool way. Um, because some of these things are um emotional learnings as well as tactical learnings, and that is changing the trajectory of my life and marriage and business.
0: Well, thank you for saying that. yeah I mean it and so like it really is the strategy stuff is like the things that you can learn by binging the portal in a weekend yeah money is emotional it brings up all our stuff it brings up all our stuff and that's why it's a 12-month program not a 45-day program Exactly. It's like throughout the year, there's going to be stuff that triggers you and pushes your buttons and pushes you into scarcity and freaks you the heck out. And that's, I mean, that's what I love coaching on. I, that's what I love helping people through. And it's just been such a joy having you on today and also in the program.
1: Thanks. We have so much more time left I'm excited for that time. Yeah. And I also will say to anybody listening who's like um feeling feelings um <laughs> about any of this. I remember listening to podcast episodes with people who are entrepreneurs who are making like so much more money than I was at the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, even at the beginning of this six figure saver journey and feeling comparison. And I, I just wanna offer like to anybody listening. I know there are people listening who are making far more than I am. And uh, there are a lot of ways to listen to this podcast. And I hope that people can take away that like what you want isn't as far away as you think it is. I thought it was far away. It's not as far away as I thought it was. Um, And I would share like, you get to trust yourself. Like Lily, you get to trust yourself. Gina, you get it. You trusted yourself and you created this program. And you've changed my life and so many other lives. And so I think that that's like what I hope people can take away. And then the other piece, um, is like, I haven't done all of the, I'm not the like teacher's pet student. I haven't done all the portal lessons. <laughs> I haven't gone on to the, all to the coaching calls and, I come when I need it and I pour into it when I need it. And that's why I think the 12 month container is so good. And why I think everybody who joins and like dives in at a self-trusting level will get results.
0: That's how I treat my programs too. I'm like, I'm not here to be here every single week, every single day, every single moment. I'm here because I, when I need it, I need it. And when I don't, I'm not gonna like... I don't have to show up every single week. That's exactly how I behave too. So anyways, this has been a true joy. Tell the people where they can find you and and then we'll close out. You can find me at Date
1: Brazen on TikTok. That's my favorite place to be. And uh, Instagram, my podcast, the Date Brazen podcast is... Oh, so good if I do say so myself and you can go to datebrazen.com to sign up for my email list, um, to, uh, learn more about my programs and my book is going to start, uh, pre-orders. I think I'm going to start announcing it in January and for my email list, you'll know earlier than that. So Amazing. very excited. We're
0: very, very excited for you and your book. Oh, so exciting. Thank you. It's been a year. The year of the book. You I can't believe
1: that this has been a year. It feels like no time. It feels like also infinity time. So yes. um it so I appreciate is. you being present through it all with me.
0: Well, go also like I'm gonna make a plug for your podcast too. I really like your podcast and I am not I'm married. I like you don't speak to me at all in your podcast but it's just so fun. Like, I love to hear your stories, the ones where you bring Chris, your husband on and you guys chat. And like, Oh, I remember listening to in the car, the story of your wedding and I was tearing up and it's so beautiful. So definitely go check out the podcast. I love my podcast. It's so fun. So fun. As is this one. All right, Lily, thank you so much. Um, everyone else I'll see you guys in the next episode.